that um, as we come together tonight, we are a church. We're a family. And as we are a church family, I'm going to ask you, and maybe you had times in your life when your, your father or maybe your mother, uh, where you weren't necessarily acting your age. In other words, uh, you were, should have been acting in a more mature way, and yet your parents, one or both of them, had to kind of get on to you and say, uh, you need to act your age, you need to be mature about this. And I'm going to ask you before I, I bring this uh, really a, kind of a devotional tonight, that uh, wherever you are in your life spiritually, that uh, all of us tonight need to take this in a very mature way, uh, because this is, this is really a lesson far beyond tonight. It's a lesson that all of us need in our lives every day. Because how many of you know there's people around us every day that are hurting, Right? Some of us are hurting. And this lesson is for all of us tonight, every last one of us. And I want you to think about this because sometimes things happen in life uh, that, that truly cause our hearts to ache. Um, the pain sometimes is overwhelming. Uh, sometimes it's unlike anything else we've ever known in our lives. And we deal with these things, but... Oftentimes, I think to myself, when things happen in my life or people that I've known, this thought is, how can a Christian respond to a brother or a sister that is suffering? How do we respond? Because remember, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. How do we respond when somebody is suffering? As believers, I, I find in the scriptures that we are charged by God to walk alongside of each other, even in their pain. Uh, the Bible tells us in Galatians 6:2 to bear ye one another's burdens. And when we do that, we are fulfilling the law of Christ, to bear one another's burdens. Uh, the Bible tells us that we are to be compassionate towards one another. We're supposed to be gentle towards one another and patient with each other. Ephesians 4, 2, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. The scriptures are clear when you look at it. Peter writes in 1 Peter 3, 8, finally, be all of one mind, listen, having compassion one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful and be courteous. So what should we do when a friend or a loved one is suffering? I mean, it's part of the Christian life. We all go through it from time to time, but how can we love them when they're going through this? How can we support them? How can we journey with them in their suffering? Because remember, while they're going through it, if we're brothers and sisters in Christ, they're not going through it alone. We're going through it with them, right? According to the scriptures. So how do we go through this with them? But listen, at the same time, encouraging them, trying to help them. Wouldn't you want someone while you were going through a trial to encourage you, to help you? I know I've had many times in my life that people have been there for me. 
that they have helped me in so many ways. Uh, when I was studying this morning, and I, I really didn't have this on my mind, God just brought this to me, but I went in my Bible to the story in the book of Job. And I thought of the life of Job. So many things parallel what I'm talking about tonight, how Job, we know his story of his life, he endured intense suffering. I mean, Job went through so many things in his life. I think he went through a kind of suffering that most of us will never know. I mean, we can read about it, but it's the old adage, unless you're there, unless you go through it, you really don't understand it. Are you with me tonight? In the blink of an eye, Job lost all of his children, all of his wealth, and his health. Just one of those would have been enough to probably set me back. He lost all of that in just a moment of time. The story of Job, it teaches us so many things. I think more specifically, it teaches us about God's providential control over our suffering. That even though we go through things, that God is still in control of our lives. That God sees the beginning from the ending. It also, when you look at the story of Job, it reveals a few things about how we are to respond during times of suffering. And that's what I want to look at tonight, is how should we respond? What are some basic principles for all of us? And by the way, like I said, folks, these are lessons that you're probably going to revisit in your life, maybe on more than one occasion. They're simple, they're practical, I believe they're biblical. And I want you to notice the first one tonight is the first way that we should respond is to be there. To be there. Now that's, that sounds trite. It's not about what we say, folks. It's just that we are there. I've made a lot of hospital calls. I've gone to people whose lives were about to expire from this earth. Very awkward times, and many of those times, you know what I did? I literally just went in and sat there. I didn't say anything. Just me being there was enough to encourage them while they were going through what they were going through. And when I think about this matter, the Bible says in Romans 12, 15, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. See, when, when Job was suffering, and you know the story, when he was going through all that he was going through, if you read early on in the book of Job, his friends came to him. Now, you remember, remember where Job was sitting? He was sitting in a pile of ashes, right? He was mourning the loss of his children and all that he had. I mean, he's sitting there and his friends come to him. And what did they do? They sat down in those same ashes with him. And according to the Bible, they sat there for seven days in silence. When's the last time you spent a whole day in silence? 
seven days. Look at what it says in Job 2. Now, when Job's three friends heard of all this evil that was come upon him, they came, everyone from his own place, Eliphaz the Temanite, and Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Naamathite, and for they had made an appointment together. Notice this. Together, they, they got together, says, let's go where Job is. And they came to mourn with him and to comfort him. And when they lifted up their eyes afar off and knew him not. In other words, he was unrecognizable. They're like, this isn't our friend. This isn't Job. The Bible says they lifted up their voice and wept. And they rent every man his mantle, sprinkled dust upon their heads towards heaven. So they sat down with him upon the ground seven days and seven nights, and none spake a word unto him, for they saw that his grief was very great. When I read those words again this morning, I thought to myself, here's three friends that actually entered into his sorrow. They, they literally, it was customary to, when things would happen in the Old Testament that, that they would, the dust and ashes, they represented what they were experiencing. And they themselves put that, the, the, the ashes on themselves. They entered into, listen again, let me remind you, one of the, one of the lessons, the principles of, of when we have friends or someone that's hurting is, is to just be there because when people that are going through that are surrounded by others that love them and care for them, folks, it's comforting just to have someone there for them. But I want you to notice the second principle that God showed me this morning, and that is not only be there, but secondly, don't say unkind things. Don't say unkind things. Now, we sometimes, and I think we mean well, but sometimes... We say things with good intentions, but those things we say end up honestly being on the nature of being unkind. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Your mom ever tell you or your dad when you were a kid, if you don't have anything good to say, that's pretty good advice. It's, it's, it's basically biblical. Folks, we want to we build people. Look, when someone's down, they don't need someone to tell them they're down. They don't need to kick them while they're down. They need to, somebody needs to come along and encourage them, edify them, build them up. Folks, we've all been there. Look at Proverbs 12, 18. There is that that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. Someone who's wise in what they would say. The Bible says in Proverbs 15, 28, the heart of the righteous studieth the answer. In other words, think about what you're going to say before you say it. Because the Bible says the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. When you look at the, the life of Job, and we call it the book of Job, it, it really documents, and I know if you read into it just a little farther, here's what you find is many unhelpful things 
that Job's friends said to him. I mean, if the book would have ended when they sat down with him, it would have probably been a great thing to read in your Bible. But they started to say things that, honestly, after that week, were not helpful to Job. Somehow, and you, you see this even in the gospel records. You know, you read in the Bible where if a child was born with some type of a defect, immediately they said, who sinned? Right? Remember the passage? Who sinned, this child or his parents? So really that spirit plays out in the, in the book of Job because it's almost like Job's friends were convinced that he had done something wrong. And that's why he was going through this. In other words, God was punishing him for something. And when you, when you think about that, I believe that Job's friends really, their thought and what they said to him, they were really speaking out of what I would call misguided theology. They, they didn't understand the situation. By the way, a lot of times when things happen in people's lives, you and I have no idea. By the way, a lot of times you, you watch the news, don't believe the news either. Because the news will just take, they'll take something that's an anthill and make a mountain out of it. Folks, we have got to be men and women that seek the Lord, that seek the truth, and, and not have misguided thoughts. You know, well, I know why that happened. Really, are you God? Last time I checked, that's God's job. That's not our responsibility. Job's three friends were trying to be Job's God. They had all the, all the reasons why he was going through what he was going through. Folks, can I tell you the best thing that we can do when things happen, especially in the lives of our friends and family, the best thing that we can do is to pray for wisdom and ask God to help us speak just the right thing at the right time. I, I think that's all of our hearts. We, we want to say the right thing at the right time. Look what the Bible says, Proverbs 15, 23. A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season, how good is it? The right word at the right time. And when, when people are hurting, folks, one principle is, is that we need to just be there for them. The second one is we need to be careful about not saying unkind things. But look at the third principle tonight. Third one is when it comes time to speak. Remember they sat there in ashes for seven days? When it comes time to speak, speak the truth. Speak the truth. See, you find that when people like Job, people that are hurting, when it, it, there will come a time in their life where, listen, they are ready to talk. Sometimes what we do is, is we want to we get the dirt. It's human nature. We want to know all about it. What happened? Tell me all about it. You know, we hear a story on the news, and what do we do? We immediately flip from channel 4 to channel 5, from channel 5 to channel 7, because we got to find out everything we can. When people are hurting, they'll get to the place that when they're ready to talk, they will. And when they are ready to talk, then they will share. 
They'll share their thoughts. They'll share their feelings. They'll even share some of the questions that they don't really understand about what's going on. They'll, they'll begin to share some of those things that has persisted since the time that the trial began. And what we need to do, listen, when, when that time comes when they're ready to talk, here's where our responsibility comes in. This is when we as Christian brothers and sisters in Christ are to encourage them with the love of Jesus. Folks, can I remind you that when something happens in someone's life, just remember it can happen to anyone. It could happen to you and me. They need to understand that God loves them and we love them. God hasn't abandoned them. As a matter of fact, remind them that God is their refuge. God's their strength. The Bible says in Psalms 46.1, God is our refuge and strength and a very present help in what? In trouble. Now, aren't you glad for that? Because I find myself in trouble all the time. I'm glad God's a very present help. What we need to do is point our friend that's hurting to the one who knows what they're going through. Isaiah wrote before Jesus ever went to the cross. And here's what he said. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. That happened 700 plus years before Jesus ever went to the cross. He's, look at, we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Point your friend, your brother or sister in Christ, point them to the man of sorrows who was acquainted with grief. He, he carried our sorrows. So listen, when, when we come to a place where someone is hurting, can I tell you, be there for them. Not only be there, but don't say anything that's unkind. And when it's time to speak, speak the truth. Speak the truth in love. And then look at the last principle I want to show you tonight. Show your love through action. Show your love through actions. I think of the greatest biblical example of this is Romans 5.8. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What a way to show someone how much you love them. God didn't just say, I love you. He demonstrated it. He showed it to us. He, look, he put his love to action. Actions speak louder than words. Folks, we can't just say, I love you, brother. When a person's suffering, even little things can overwhelm them. So what are we to do? Pick up the slack. You know, that's one of the things that I love about church because, you know, when someone's hurting, my wife and I, you know what we've done sometimes? We've made them a meal. We've taken them a meal. Sometimes we've done other things. I've known people in the past that when somebody's hurting, that they'll, they'll, they'll say, hey, listen, we'll watch your children just so that they can maybe kind of gather themselves a little bit. I've seen other people do other things where they might run errands for people. One guy one time, he even, he even went over and mowed the grass for the man. Because he was going through something. The Bible says in 1 John 3, 18, My little children, 
Let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. God says, look, don't just say you love them. Put some action to your words. You know, let them see how much you love them. This verse I looked at this morning, I love this verse, Proverbs 27, 19. As in water, face answereth to face, so the heart of man to man. You know what he's saying there? He says, just like when you look in water and it reflects your face back, it's almost like a mirror. He says, so does our life reflect our heart. You know, we show them how much we love them by what we do. What helps people, I think a lot of times when they're battling in life is that people would write them a little note or send them a little text or maybe make a phone call or maybe, maybe uh, send a card to them. When we invest our time to do even the littlest things sometimes for someone that's hurting, it speaks volumes to them. And we have, we have an opportunity to do that. I think, again, we all know someone who's hurting. We all know someone that, that, that's going through something and we need to pray and consider the ways that we can mourn alongside of them. We can help, listen, help them without hurting them. So here's some basic principles. Be there for them. Don't say anything that's unkind to them. When it comes time, speak the truth in love and show your love through your actions. Let's pray for just a moment, if you would. Lord, thank you for this evening. Thank you so much for your love toward us. Lord, I thank you for always being there for us, a very present help in trouble. And if we're Christians, we should follow you and your example because we are to be like you. And if you are always there for us whenever we're going through trouble, then I believe the scriptures are clear we should be there for others when they're going through trouble. Now, Lord, I pray that these simple, basic Bible principles tonight will lodge in our hearts because all of us have either been hurting or are hurting or maybe know someone that's hurting. And may we truly be an encouragement to them and a blessing to them the way you've been to us. God, thank you again for this church family. Thank you for each and every one of them and the privilege that it's mine to be their pastor. And we'll thank you for this evening. In Jesus' name we pray.